morning, church. Good morning. Glad you're here. If you're a guest or a visitor, we're glad you're here worshiping with us. You've come on a Sunday that is going to be super helpful for you because we should be able to answer all your questions on uh, who we are as a church and kind of expedite that. However, if you want to have a, a coffee or a lunch with us, you can do that one of two ways. You can do it on the app. Uh, our, our app is free on iOS and Android. You can grab that. There's a connect button. Just fill that out. Alex and, and myself or one of us will take you out for coffee and have some lunch with you. You can do, also do it at the kiosk right outside the little iPad at the welcome tables. Just give us a little bit of info and, and we'll take care of you. But we are, uh, Alex and I are going to kind of co-message this morning. Uh, if you were not here last week, uh, Miranda Hansen, beautiful Miranda Hansen, shared with us on her YWAM experiences throughout uh, kind of Nepal, Tanzania, uh, Australia, everywhere else in the world that she went to. And, and it was a, a God story. Uh, and so if you missed that, that's online. It's also on our app. Uh, you can catch that. Uh, I've had countless uh, numbers of you say, hey, it would sure be nice to watch a video of the sermons after the fact. And we're hearing you on that. It just comes down to money, uh, as everything else does. But we are investigating that for this next year uh, to try. It wouldn't be a live video uh, broadcast, but it would at least be a videoed uh, of the sermon. That way we can post that with both the audio and the, dis and the discussion questions, because often you can't see our beautiful faces. Uh, I say that way tongue in cheek, but really you can't see the slides. And so you miss a little bit of that when you just hear the audio. And so we're working on that one to let you know that. Uh, this morning, what we're going to do is uh, we've got this slide up. We are the church. And what we're going to do is uh, every now and then it's important for us to kind of circle the wagons, uh, continue to give context for why do we do what we do? Why, why is there even a church? Why do people get up on a Sunday morning or a Friday night or a Saturday night and go to a service? What's a service? What, what do we do here? Why are we doing this? Uh, some of us have grown up in the church. And so you may may not have... Uh, practice your critical thinking uh, to have an answer for some of these. So we want to answer some of that. But then we want to draw a parallel to why does Rock Creek Church exist? Why should you be a part of this family? What, what, what are we trying to accomplish? Why are we here? And so we want to answer some of those questions. It's really a mission and vision, but it's even bigger than that. It's really kind of setting the stage for why we do what we do and then inviting you to join in that work. It's much like Miranda when she went to YWAM and, and kind of found out where God was at work and kind of understood. And then she just found her place. And that that's our job is to help you kind of find your place. So uh, that's kind of where we're going to go uh, throughout the morning. So I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Alex. All right. Sounds good. So first and foremost, I thought I was dressing nicely enough this morning, but Brian, I think Brian wanted to make me feel bad. We're in a sport coat and everything. Well, okay. So side note, <laughs> several of you have said, wow, why are you dressed so nice? Here's the problem with what you're saying is... <laughs> That tells me how much I don't dress nice because all I did was throw a suit jacket on. I didn't put a tie. I didn't have dress shoes or slacks. I just put a jacket on. So that is like, wow, you're usually down here and you put a jacket on. Like, why are you so dressed up? So yeah. I was actually cold this morning, oh, but gotcha. thank you for asking. The jackets are classy. Yeah. Okay, cool. cool. Well, we're going to start with just talking very broadly. What is the church? And I actually want to ask that question. So does anybody know? What is the church? Any guesses? The body of Christ, body of believers? 
Group of believers? Great answers. Anything else? Shout them out. Call that ones? Jesus. Student answer. Gosh. All right. No, the church is not Jesus, technically, Ethan. So, <laughs> so this is a very big question, a very, very big question, and I'm going to try to answer it in a couple minutes. Uh, just a little bit, give you an overview. But first, it's really important that we understand that there's a major distinction between the big C church and the little C church. And so capital C, lowercase c, the capital C, big C church is essentially every single believer across the globe, past, present, future, that has put their trust and faith in Jesus Christ. So that's hard to wrap our minds around sometime, sometimes, but the big C church is literally just every believer, every single person who believes in Jesus Christ, they make up the church. And the little C church is basically a local expression of the big C church. So for example, we are Rock Creek Church. We are an expression of the big C church here in Boulder, Louisville, Colorado in this area. Does that make sense? So one thing I want to point out too, it's very important to notice that both of those, Big C Church and Little C Church, are a people. The church is not a building. This is a building. We are in a building currently, but this is not Rock Creek Church. We are Rock Creek Church. You are Rock Creek Church. I'm Rock Creek Church. We're an expression of the body of believers. So it's us. It's not just a building. And church is also not just what we do on a Sunday morning. So, so church essentially should be, we should see it as Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, just as much as Sunday, because we're the church. It's not contained in this building. And in the same way, I mean, just to continue to think about this, for us to draw our attention forward is that, that God is not in our midst because we are in this building. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I'll, I'll hear people say, oh, oh, you can't, you know, if someone says, a mild swear word and like, oh, we're in the house of God. It's like, we are the house of God. So it's not just about the location. It's not just this building. This is a great opportunity for us to gather, to come together in a space that can hold us all, but we're the church. And so with that, I want to point out a couple of other things because, because we are the church, God has established us to do something. Like we are here to gather for a reason what we do on a Sunday morning, what we do in our life groups, what we do in all of our, our events and our activities, our programs, all these things, they're, they're ultimately to further the life of our family. And we're here to do something that we, we actually need to be here on a regular basis. So and we don't want to be legalists and say you have to make it here every single Sunday of the year, but we strongly encourage you to make church a priority, make Sunday mornings a priority because ultimately it's an opportunity to live into the life of your family of this people, to be a part of the community of believers here and now. So we we gather for a lot of different reasons. One, it's because we need it. We're the body of Christ. We need each other. We need to come to worship God together. We need to come to serve each other. And we need to be involved in the life of the church, all the things that we do. So beyond all of that, the last thing I want to just say, just to draw our focus as we continue on this morning, is that we're actually here to do something. I mentioned that, but specifically, we have a mission You can't have the church without the mission. When Jesus established the church before he ascended into heaven, he gave the church a mission, which Brian's going to talk about later when we're talking about reaching. But we're here to do something. And if we just come to sit, come to receive, come to be fed, I mean, that's a good thing, I guess. It is. But we're here for so much more than that. So we are literally the body of Christ. We are the church And God has given us a great, great purpose to see his kingdom flourish. We are literally the 
primary means that God uses to show himself to the world. That's us. Like God could choose to, to do things his own way and, and share the gospel himself and just over, bypass his people, bypass the church, but he doesn't. He chooses to use us. So with that big, broad overview, the church is a people, we're going to continue to talk about who we are specifically as as a little C church, an expression of that. That's good. Uh, if you want to nerd out more on the church, uh, Alex is not too far removed from seminary. And so uh, if you want to study church history with him and read with him, he'd love that. He also grows a killer beard, uh, which is great. Uh, so let me ask you a question. Alex already asked, what is the church? Why are you here? Pardon me? Summoned by God? Like to the principal's office. Okay. Lori, I heard you. Worship. Okay. We'll talk about that. What else? Why are you here? Encouragement. Okay. I heard something else. Community. Learn. Good. Fellowship. Service. Good. Anybody here for the coffee? Black silk. Okay. Folgers black silk. Let me tell you why you're here. We're here to take a step. In fact, you're here to take the next step. That's why we gather here. You are here to take the next step. For some of you, it might be a little one. For others of you, it might be a giant leap. Some of you, after Miranda shared last week, said, I'm going to Africa with the Dickinsons. That's not a little step. That's a giant leap. For some of you said, well, I'm not going to sit in the back row, nothing against the back row, but, uh, but for me, I'm going to keep moving forward. That's a step. It's not the same step for everybody. For some of you, you might, you might say, well, uh, my next step is I got to find my Bible. I know it's somewhere at home, but this morning has kind of jarred me. I got to take the next step. Uh, for, for some of you, it's, I'm going to sing the songs that Alex and the team leads us in, but I'm not just going to sing the words. I'm actually going to embrace the words, contemplate the words, allow the words to change my heart. And even if they're hard to sing, I'm going to acknowledge this is really hard to sing, but this is truth. You're here to take the next step. The Bible talks all the time about a growth continuum about how we're saved, that God reveals, but then we have to take a step. We can even go back to the Israelites. They had to take steps. They grumbled about it, but they took steps. They failed, they sinned, they set other things up, but they took next steps. Friends, you are here to take a next step. If, if you choose to just keep your feet set where they are, and a year from now we come back and find you and you're still standing where you are in faith and in the kingdom of God, something isn't quite right. There has to be a, a, a movement. And as we move, sometimes what happens, and some of you aren't, ah, boy, how do I say this in the most loving way? Some of you aren't very graceful as you run or walk or just stand, you fall a lot, you trip a lot. And that's the life of a follower of Jesus. And we fall a lot when we move, when we take a step. It is so much safer, and we know this, when you walk into a crowd, when you walk into a room, and you don't know anybody, it's so much easier, it's so much safer just to stand. 
It takes unbelievable courage to take a step. So you are here to take a step. We want to unpack that even further. Uh, our mission statement is, our mission is to equip every person to take the next step in becoming a more fully devoted follower of Jesus. So we say, okay, our main emphasis though is to take a step. If we want to unpack that further, it's our job as a church to equip you to figure out how do you take a step in becoming a fully devoted follower of Jesus. Not a nice person, not someone who just does nice things, not, not someone that helps Mama Judy from the, from the church front doors to her car. That's great. It's, it's nice being nice. But nowhere in the Bible are we called to be nice. We're called to pick up our cross and follow Jesus. We're called to love God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our heart, with all of our strength, with all of our soul. That's what we're called to do. We're called to love our neighbor as ourself. Those are hard challenges. Those are hard steps. But for us, everything that we do, whether it's the Blueprint series, whether uh, Alex takes us and, and we unpack uh, same-sex uh, relationships or abortion, or we do the Fruit of the Spirit series that's starting next week, everything is to help us take a next step in growing closer to Jesus Christ. For us as a church, we've chosen to camp out on four distinct areas that we're hoping to accomplish this. Number one is to belong. Alex is going to unpack that here in just a moment. This sense of belonging. Number two, a focus on growth. Why? Because we don't want to stay stagnant. We want to keep growing. It's why when you have a newborn, you're constantly taking he or she to the doctor to make sure they're growing in a healthy way. It's the same thing with Christianity and, and a relationship with Christ. We want to uh, focus on serving. And, and again, we say this all the time. Don't think, oh my gosh, Alex is going to ask me to come be a freshman boys cabin leader at camp. I hate freshman boys. They stink. Okay. If you don't want to do that, we don't want you. Okay. It's as simple as that, but we're going to unpack serving. And then our fourth area is the reach. What do we do when we're uh, getting to the stage of a mature believer? How do we reach out into this world, both locally and globally? And so Alex is going to unpack belong. So this is the first prong, the four prongs, belong. And this is so important because it really is one of the first steps that we should take and that we need to take. So real quick, we got a few passages on the screen. I just want to read through these to set the tone for this. And there's a ton more, but these are some that we picked out. John 1, 12 through 13 says, Yet to all who did receive him, that's Christ, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or of a husband's will, but from God. So that's the first one is literally when you believe in Christ, when you put your faith in him, you're a part of the family of God. It just is. You belong. You belong. First Peter 2, 9, Peter writes this and he says, but you are a chosen people. He's talking to his church, right? Talking to the people. He says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And then as, as we know too, too often today, that community is something as hard we have to fight for. The author of Hebrews says this to his church that, that we're considering, you know, not showing up as much or kind of pulling away from the church. He says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together. 
It's because people were thinking about giving it up, right? So not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So according to scripture, we are literally a family. If you look around, go ahead. I mean, I know it's awkward, but look at someone across the other way. Lock eyes. That is your brother or sister in Christ. We are brothers and sisters. We're part of God's family. We belong. All of who you are, right? That's, that's another key thing to, to, to think about is you're not welcome so as you paint yourself up, dress nicely, put on a smile, and ask people, hey, how are you doing? Good, good. How are you doing? Good. Like that's, that, I mean, that's our tendency, right? But you are welcome, you belong, all of who you are. Everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, every aspect of your existence, your past, your future, your hopes, your fears, your joy, everything is welcome and you belong here. And so that's a step that we have to take because ultimately, I mean, it's one thing to, to actually belong and it's another thing to actually step into it and act like it. Mm -hmm. But I want to read a, a quote from Tim Keller, who is a, a phenomenal pastor and writer, but he, he gives us this, this really meaty quote here to help us to focus a little bit more on what this means. He says, strong community is formed by powerful common experiences. As when people survive a flood or fight together in a battle, when they emerge on the other side, this shared experience becomes the basis for a deep permanent bond that is stronger than blood. The more intense the experience, the more intense the bond. When we experience Christ's radical grace through repentance and faith, it becomes the most intense, foundational event of our lives. Now, when we meet someone from a different culture, race, or social class who has received the same grace, we see someone who has been through the same life and death experience. In Christ, we have both spiritually died and been raised to new life. And he gives some, some references there. And because of this common experience of rescue, we now share an identity marker even more indelible than the ties that bind us to our family, our race, or our culture. That's powerful. There's a lot there. There's a lot to, to think through. But ultimately, we are family. And spiritually speaking, we actually belong to each other. Like church isn't just a place, again, church isn't just a place we go to and attend on a Sunday morning. It's a family that we're a part of, that we belong to. So I want you to think about this because I mentioned this earlier, church, this gathering, what we call church, but it's really just the gathering of the church. It should be a priority to us because that's our life. It's our family. It's like our family dinner, right? And so when you miss, of course, there's reasons to miss. My wife and I were gone the last couple weekends out of town for a family trip and for a wedding. I mean, that happens. But, but I want to encourage you to, to not just flippantly blow off church and be like, oh, you know, I'm tired today. I stayed up early night the night before. I want to go run into the mountains. Because when you miss, you miss out on the life of your family. Even if it's for a good reason. My wife and I were talking about this yesterday. We were gone for a couple weekends. It was a fine reason. We planned for it, but we felt like we were missing out hmm. on the life of this family. We, I mean, we listened to the interview with Miranda about our experience at YWAM, but it wasn't the same as being here. So I want to encourage you that, with that, that this is a family. We belong to each other. So when it comes to taking next steps, we as a church do a lot. Uh, we'll put up a slide here with a lot of the things that we do that kind of fit this category, right? First and foremost, accept Christ. For some of you, maybe that, that's your next step. Some of you aren't there. Maybe some of you are still wrestling with what your faith looks like or what, what you think and believe. Maybe your next step is just to continue to wrestle, have more conversations, dig into scripture. For some of you, I mean, 
that first step to accept Christ and to truly belong to the, the family of God. Maybe that's your next step. So we start there. But every, so many of the things we do, we want to build friendships. We want to care for each other. The things that we do on Sunday morning. We do all church events here and there, especially during the summer. We really want to, to try to provide programs and events for us to, to all be together to hang out. There's big service opportunities like the foster care Christmas party or Operation Christmas Child that we do. Um, occasionally we'll do hikes, we'll have some parties, we'll just do random things for fun. We got a men's retreat coming up soon. Um, we'll do meals together and, and one of the most important things that we do is life groups. But all of these things are steps that you can take and that we can take as a church to belong, right? You, you do belong, but then it's another thing to step into it and live as though you belong, right? It's one thing to be a part of a family. It's another thing to make a family dinner a priority every night and talk to each other and enjoy each other's company to learn about each other's day. So wherever you are with that, I want, you to, want to encourage you to think about what your next step may be to belong. You know? For some of you, you may feel like, you know, I've been coming for a few months and I don't really know where I fit in. I don't really feel like I'm that connected. Have you joined a life group? That's, that's one of the things we invest in so wholly because we know it matters and that's one of the things that connects us throughout the week, right? For some of you, maybe it's just to come to some of these all-church events. Maybe you've never been to one, so you don't get the face time that you need to build good friendships with people. So wherever you're at, think about what is that next step. Um, but that's belong. Awesome. So when we look at grow, uh, this is a, an area where I would say... Um, uh, having studied uh, extensively uh, church history, but also church present, is we're pretty weak on this. We're, we're weak on growth. We're great on belief, uh, believe in. Uh, we're a little weak on growth. And that is, that is really the church worldwide. Uh, and and the reason is because you've got to work at it. Uh, you know, it's it's similar to your health or exercise. You actually have to get to the gym. You can't just sit and think about a treadmill and get in shape. You have to get on the treadmill. Um, you have to not just drive by a gym and go, wow, that's a beautiful workout facility. You actually have to pull in there, park, and walk in and do something. And, and really, it's, it's kind of a funny way, but it, it really is symbolic of the church is we, we often, in fact, if I were to interview all of you one-on-one, -on -one, I bet most of you would know some things that we're supposed to be doing in order to grow. Um, but then we say, okay, we know our vegetables are good for us, Mark Arnett, but do you eat them? Um, and then all of a sudden truth comes out. So that's important for us. Well, a couple of verses uh, when we talk about growth. Uh, Colossians 1, 27 through 29. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. Uh, Alex read this this morning, which is Christ in you the hope of glory. He is the one we proclaim as worship, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Don't think mature, gray hair and old. That's not the maturity the Bible is speaking of so that we might present everyone mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all energy, with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me, this idea of growth, this idea of maturing in faith. 
And then a little bit later in Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 7. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Rooted and being built up. The, the, the imagery in the scriptures uh, with this verse is uh, back in the day in the biblical uh, geography is these trees that were planted far away from water sources and then those trees that were planted adjacent to water sources. And the ones that were planted adjacent to water sources were not only rooted and established but became strong and mature trees. They grew. And often what we will do is we will obviously at times plant ourselves in other places. We will plant ourselves in Netflix binging. We will, we will plant ourselves in extracurricular activities and vacations and family gatherings and getting together with friends. Are those bad? Absolutely not. Not in any way, shape, or form. But when we're planted, when that's our basis, when that's our root, when, when that's the thing that strengthens us to mo the most, we don't grow like a tree that's planted near the water. I want to show you an image up on screen here. Some of you remember this. Does anybody know what this is? How many of you, how many of you have never seen one of these live? Raise your, be honest. You, you've seen pictures of them, but you've never seen it live. Raise your hands again and hold them up super high. Now, all the rest of us, keep them up. Chase, Katie, keep them up. All the rest of us, look around and see who these people are. All right. This is a typewriter. It's an archaeological find from Indiana Jones. Actually, this is what I used uh, up to freshman year on all my homework, all my papers, etc. Not only was I not a good student, but I was not a good typer, and I was not a good whiteout person or the white tape person. So it took me even longer, and then I would throw my hands up and say, forget it, just give me whatever grade I get. I'm still working that through, through a counselor. However, the thing I want to point out to this is how many of you, let's take aside the typewriter, Chase and Katie, uh, let's take away the typewriter, let's substitute in a computer. You have a paper you have to write, you have a presentation at work you have to write, and you have procrastinated and procrastinated, and you have sat and looked at your screen, and what do you have to do? You just got to start. You got to type something. Maybe that's why the word of God starts with in the beginning. You gotta start somewhere. You gotta take a step. You know, when we talk about growth, it can be overwhelming. In fact, we can beat ourselves up a little bit on how we aren't growing. But if we picture it like a paper, like a research paper, students, you have to just start. How many of you have heard your parents say that? Just get going. Just start, put words on paper, then we can work with it. It's the same thing with growth, is we just have to take a step, we just have to start. I want to hit a few of these areas where we believe are central for us in our spiritual growth. And you know, I will say uh, uh, um, a caveat to this. It's pretty hip right now in today's time to go, I'm not religious, 
I just love Jesus. I think we've done an unbelievable disservice to what God talks about in the scriptures. Religion is not bad. Bad religion is bad. Good religion is great. And so these are areas, how do you grow in your religion? How do you grow in your faith? How do you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ? It begins with here on Sunday mornings. For some of you, it might begin before you get here, which is great. But for the most of the people that call uh, a church home, it begins right here. It begins with your preparation on the way here. It begins with you pressing pause on a fight as you're driving here. It begins with your heart as you wake up in the morning and you get your coffee and you begin to think about what you're about to do. You're not about to go to a club. You're about to come into the presence of the living God. It begins with grabbing your Bible. This is something that, that we want to uh, throw out there to you and it's an, an invite, an encouragement, a challenge is we began in the Blueprint series asking you bring your Bibles and a notebook and a pen and take notes and interact and wrestle with the content of what we're talking about through the Blueprint series. We feel like what God has said to us is that for you as a church, if you are going to continue to grow, that's the challenge we need to make every single Sunday. So I want to say to you from here on out, we are constantly going to be asking you, put your phones away, even put the tablets away, bring your Bibles, bring the physical paper Bible, bring something to write with, bring a notebook, interact, wrestle with the content of what is talked about here on Sunday. Is it because I'm brilliant or Alex is brilliant? Not in any way. It's because we have a high theological view that when we gather here on a Sunday morning, we're hearing from the God of all creation. And he has something to say to Chris, and he has something to say to Pat, and he has something to say to Ethan, and they all might be different. And so that's the challenge moving forward. It's also a challenge on a Sunday morning is to engage in worship, to engage with the content, to engage with what the Spirit of God is saying here. That means you don't just say the words or sing the words with a plain face as if you could really care less. You interact with it. There's a smile at times. I, I will say this, we're, we're about to, we'll, we'll talk about this in Reach, we're about to go back down to Juarez. If we were to invite uh, everybody from Jose Luis's church here to Juarez, uh, from Juarez to visit us here on a Sunday morning, they would wonder, they're too kind, they wouldn't say anything, but they would wonder what's wrong. Because it is so safe, so calculated, so don't take a step. Be concerned with what other people say. Keep your hands down to your side. Don't show any emotion. There's something wrong with that. And we have to address that. If that rubs you a little bit, good. Because we have to take a step in our worship. And I believe God absolutely wants to. Study and prayer during the week. This cannot be the only time that you are fed. This cannot be the only time that you crack open your Bible. This cannot be the only time that you pray. This cannot be the only time that you hear worship music. 
God put on my heart yesterday, uh, I was doing dishes in the kitchen, and I felt like he just said, turn on some worship music, which I don't always do, but I found this really cool channel on Spotify that's called uh, Hymns for Hipsters, and I'm not a hipster, but I'm like, oh, that sounds familiar, but it was kind of cool, and I started playing it. Well, God knew that I needed that because we had colossal meltdowns with our twins. It was awful. But because I was listening to worship music, the thing that I kept hearing over and over is, take delight in me. Take delight in me. And therefore, I was able to be a better dad in the midst of the storm. Friends, this cannot be the only time that you worship your God. There has to be this constant engagement. Life groups, as Alex talked about, you're going to hear life groups in all of these. Engaging with each other, wrestling with each other, being challenged with each other. Memorizing scripture. When was the last time you set aside time to memorize significant scripture passages? That's what followers of Christ do. So that the word of God is close to our lips. So that's ready and available when we need it. That's what we do. You can't say, well, I'm not into scripture memory. I'm not very good at it. You don't get an out. The word of God has to be written on our hearts. Fasting. Some of you are like, I, I've heard of fasting. I've never fasted. I'm scared of fasting because I really love to eat. So please don't say that I have to do that either. Fasting is an area for growth. And so we're going to unpack that in the coming weeks. What does that look like? How do we do it? Why should we do it? Acting on what you learn. Not just allowing it to be something that you nod your head and you listen to on a Sunday morning and, and you listen to Alex's encouragement during worship and you go, oh, that, that sounds really, really good. But then you get in your car and you don't act on it. The follower of Jesus who is growing acts on what they're learning. Serving, going. Serving here in the midst. Alex is going to unpack that. And then going. Going and doing something. That's how you grow. That's why our, our goal is that 100% of those who call Rock Creek Church home will have been or will go on a mission trip. Because the world needs you, yeah, we can unpack that. Because you need it, big time. That's grow. All right, the next prong is serve. <clears throat> and service is so important. This is, I mean... Again, all these kind of flow together a little bit, but service in particular, we, we highlight because it's, it's at the very heart of God. We see in Matthew 20, 28, <clears throat> Jesus said, referring to himself, he says, the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus himself, God himself, at his heart, he is a servant and he has served us and he's called us to do the same. In John 13, 14 through 17, so this is a great picture. This is just a snippet of it, of Jesus washing the feet of his disciples. And after that, he says, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. That's powerful uh, on a number of different levels. One, no servant is greater than his master. So again, I, you cannot live out your Christian faith and not serve because you're not greater than Jesus, right? Jesus has chosen to do that and he's commanded us to do the same. And beyond that, 
I love that he says, you will be blessed if you do them. If you serve, you will be blessed. And it, I mean, it might not be in the way that you want to be blessed, but it's a way, it, it is a blessing in our lives to serve. And it's important. First Peter 4.10, Peter says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. We all have spiritual gifts. Every single one of us, if you believe in Jesus, you have a spiritual gift. You have something to offer. You have something to offer to the church body. And so Peter urges us and urges his, his church at this point to use whatever gift you have to serve the body. Like I've mentioned, we're here to do something. We're not here just to sit around. I hope that you don't come on a, on a Sunday morning. And if you do, that's fine. I, I, you know, we want to call you to, to growth. But if you come on a Sunday morning just hoping to hear a good word, to hear some good songs, to drink some Folgers Black Silk coffee. Mm. Yeah, Brian knows. If that's what you're here for, you're missing so much of what Jesus Christ has called you to. And you're missing out on the life of the church. We're here to serve each other. We're here to worship God, to serve him, but we're also here to serve each other. And that goes beyond Sunday mornings as well. I heard someone uh, yell it out when I asked earlier what the church is. We're the body of Christ. Mm. That's one of the most prominent images throughout all of scripture about what the church is. We're the body of Christ. And literally, if you think about that, that means a lot of different things. One, that means that we're here to do the work that God has for us. Christ is the head. We're the body. We are the ones that do things. On another level, 1 Corinthians 12, I don't have this on the screen, but this, is, this entire chapter is an incredible, just, I mean, and it's long, but discourse on what it means to be the body, right? And Paul pulls out these images. He says, the eye can't say to the ear, oh, I don't need you because you're an ear. You can't see anything. I can see something, so I don't need you. And the ear can't say, well, I'm not an eye, so you know, I'm not really as valuable. And sometimes I like to take this a step further. Like, if you're a big toe, you're important. If you lose your big toe, you have to relearn how to walk again, right? You may think that, that your role or your gifts don't mean very much, but they mean a lot. They really do. I'm getting some boom out of this mic. Mm. It's your beard. It's my beard. <laughs> so we're a people, right? Remember, we're a people. We're a body. So all that to, to say is, is, one, we need you. The body of Christ needs you. If you're the big toe, we need you to walk properly. Some of you may have some incredible gifts to offer that we just have no idea. We haven't seen. We haven't seen, but, but we need you to function to our full potential, to do the things that God has called us to do. And beyond that, you need us as well. Even if you're, this, even if you're an eye, right? Something that, that's pretty valuable, part of the body. Even if you're an eye, you can't really do much without the rest of the body. So service is incredible. We have to bring what we have been given to the table to share, to serve one another. So specifically, you know, we talk, there's a lot of different ways to serve. In our church, we've been talking about this. Rock Creek Church is incredible at serving with big, big opportunities, big service opportunities. We're really good at it. And a ton of people show up. Percentage-wise, it's out of this world. One, one area of growth that we could see is more service on a weekly, more consistent basis. There's a lot of different ways to serve. So we have a whole bunch of opportunities that, in, that we're going to put up on the screen. And these are just a few. Um, there's a whole lot more. And you'll notice that Thrive Student Ministries is right at the top because that's the most important. I think so. We have the most fun, really. If you want to have fun, <laughs> I mean, talk to me about being a part of Thrive Student Ministries. Um, 
I'm always looking for good small group leaders, but if, if that's not your strength, we have other areas for, for you to serve. If you want to play dodgeball, if you, if, I mean, if you've been out of school <laughs> for 20 years and you haven't played dodgeball and you're itching to, come play dodgeball. We play dodgeball. Ethan might hit you harder than you hit him, but you can throw a ball at some students and have some fun. So I'll hit on that more, but, but there's some, such value on investing in the next generation, right? We need people to pour into us and we need to pour into the next generation, the people that are younger than us that are coming up after us. Um, with that, Base Camp Children's Ministries, uh, the Pope, Mark Popenhagen, works his tail off every single Sunday and he's got a, a bunch of great volunteers, but he's always looking for more volunteers to be, to, to be back there to invest in our younger kids. Mm -hmm. Safety and security team, this is something we're still working on getting completely off the ground. We've seen a lot of strides to this. So if you're big, burly, or if you have a passion for for security, then think about it, right? We're looking to build that. Hospitality, needs team, facilities teams. We need more greeters, we need ushers, we need people to do help with guest relations, administration, men's and women's ministries, outreach and missions. I mean, the, the list goes on, and this is just a, a short list. There's a lot of different areas that for us as, as a church of, our, of this size, we really need all hands on deck to continue to function to our full potential. And so if you see something on this list, and you're like, oh, I'd be kind of interested in that. Or maybe you're looking at this list and, and you have no idea. And you're like, I, I don't think I'm good at anything. Sometimes you just need to take a first step, try something out. We're not going to be offended if you try something out. And a couple weeks later, you're like, hey, this isn't a really good fit. That's okay. Or maybe you're thinking of something, you're like, maybe I've got some expertise in this area. Maybe I could offer this. Maybe it's small, but if I could offer it, talk, have a conversation with us. Because again, all hands on deck is what we need to, to really fully step into the potential that God has for us and for the mission that he has sent us on right here in Boulder County. There's a great quote that John Ortberg points out from Mother Teresa specifically. He says, if you can't do great things, Mother Teresa used to say, do little things with great love. If you can't do them with great love, do them with a little love. If you can't do them with a little love, do them anyway. Love grows when people serve, right? You got to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. You may, again, you may think you're not good at anything. Maybe you feel like, well, I don't have the heart for it, so I'm not going to do it. We're commanded to do it. The feelings often follow our actions. They really do. So I just encourage you uh, to think individually, but this is something we're thinking about as a church collectively. What's our next step as a church to be a church that serves well, serves each other, and continues to, to pursue the mission that God has for us, which Brian's about to talk about. You know, it's interesting is when we talk about reach, uh, sometimes we can um, focus on, hey, we've got to go to Africa. And uh, Africa becomes kind of the, the hallmark of what does it mean for a church to reach out. What we want to do is, is broaden our horizons a little bit um, because we might view uh, reach as something far away, but our God sees the entire universe. He sees uh, the person in Africa just as close or far away as our next door neighbor. He sees no distinction between those. We do because we have a limited scope on uh, viewing and, and observing and then wrestling with creation. But our God doesn't. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 is the most famous uh, passage that one could read when we're talking about reaching and going and missions. 
Jesus is sitting with a group of people and he says to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything, bless you, that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. If we were to break down the original language, this is not up for discussion for the follower of Jesus. It's not like uh, Jesus says, hey, there's going to be trips. Think about it. Pray about it. Look into it. See if it works with your schedule. I get it if you're too busy, but just want to let you know that there's some things going on in this world. The way that the original language is written, it is an emphatic command that we go. You say, well, what does it mean for us to go? One of my absolute favorite theologians and really heroes in the faith is Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Uh, If you are looking for some deep writings, uh, I have several of his books and would love to loan those out to you. Um, He is absolutely one of my heroes. And he writes this from a book he wrote. Actually, it's not even a book. It's a collection. It's called Letters and Papers from Prison. He was imprisoned in Nazi Germany um, for a resistance against the movement and was in prison. And uh, the book is fascinating. It's It's a collection of letters of correspondence between himself and his father and his mother and his fiance and a few friends. And, and so you're able to read, it's almost like reading just a bunch of emails, right? Uh, and, but it's fascinating because he goes any, from anywhere from the bed is super hard, uh, I don't have much of a pillow, um, but I do get bread, which is unbelievably great. Uh, and, but I have nothing but joy in my heart. Like you, you read uh, some of the worldly and the practical along with the theological, but the letters and papers uh, from prison is, is absolutely uh, stunning. And one of the things he says, he's in the midst of writing to a friend and he's talking about the church. And they're having this discussion back and forth uh, through handwritten correspondence uh, about who the church is, what it is, what it's about, what are we supposed to be focused on. And he's writing out of just unbelievable pure joy uh, as he pens these words. But then he says this, the church is the church only when it exists for others. That alone, let's just camp out on. He did not say the church is only the church when it exists for me. When the church does what I want. When the church programs the things that I want programmed. When it's the right amount of time. When it is comfortable. When the parking lot is properly plowed or paved. Although I would love a paved parking lot. Anybody um, agree with that sentiment? The church is only the church when it exists for others, not dominating, but helping and serving. It must tell men of every calling what it means to live for Christ, i.e. to exist for others. 
When we talk about the reach, when we talk about taking the things that, that we have learned that, that God has done in our life, we are compelled, the scriptures say, to reach. We have been given in 1 Corinthians the ministry of reconciliation. We are to go, Matthew says, with the message, the hope of the gospel. That's what we do. That's as followers of Christ what we're called to do. It's both abroad and it's both at home. You'll see on the screen several initiatives that we're focused on here. These are just a handful. Maybe this is your first few Sundays and you're, you're getting a better idea of who we are as a church. Well, this will unpack even more. Lamb's Lunch. Lamb's Lunch is an uh, outreach in conjunction with First Press in Boulder that prepares a, a meal fit for a king and given to our homeless friends that come in and don't just receive a meal, they'll often receive hugs and handshakes and scripture reading and testimony and songs and music. Why? Because as Beth Shevlin says, we're treating them as if we're doing it for Jesus. Let me brag on you for a moment. We're a church of adults roughly about 130. We have had over 90 involved in Lamb's Lunch. I just want you to think about that for a moment, statistically and, and from, a, uh, from, an, from an element of how much are we involved. The overwhelming amount of people that call this place home are plugged in serving and growing and reaching. We have served one in Boulder. We have one coming up. In fact, where's Amy? Amy just dropped off uh, 50, uh, 50 handmade uh, beanies. Is that accurate? Uh, from a, a group that she's with. Uh, they're sitting on our desk right now uh, that her friends handmade these uh, beanies, these, these hats that when we do a serve one coming up probably next month, we can take um, a toothbrush and a hat and a fresh pair of socks and maybe a, a, a bowl of chili or some hot chocolate to them in the name of Jesus. To love, to care. Why? Because we think it's the cool thing to do for churches to care about justice ministry. No, it's because the scriptures command it. They tell us to go. Our Boulder County Foster Care Christmas Party, many of you were here and you saw. It is the largest gathering of a nonprofit organization that's caring for the social services arm of foster care that Boulder County has ever seen. This little church. This little church that Sandy and I fell in love with three and a half years ago, and we went, that's a small band of believers who believe they can change the world. They don't have the money. They don't have the coolness factor. They don't have the, the facilities, but they believe in a holy God that can absolutely turn this world upside down for Christ. The Boulder County Foster Care Support Groups meet uh, right there in the lobby where the kids are. They meet there the fourth, uh, fourth Saturday of every month. They're the only ones here on campus. We turn the facilities over to them, and it's a support group. Why? Because foster care is freaking hard. 
Sometimes it's sitting with a kid that just cries for hours on end because they didn't get to watch their show. No, it's because they have a a deep-seated PTSD of separation and abuse and loss. And so we turn our facilities over to the foster care system of Boulder County and they sit there and they laugh together, they cry together, they support each other, and they encourage each other. We have our storage upstairs for the Boulder County foster care. Nowhere else, uh, Boulder County looked for other people that would store things for them because they had to, people wanted to turn in clothes and diapers and wipes for uh, emergency placements. And they had to then go to these people and say, thank you so much for your heart uh, and care, but we don't have room. And so they had to reject them until Rock Creek Church said, we'll be that place. And so if you go up to our attic, it causes Mimi and I a little bit of an aneurysm. It's chaotic, but it's hope. It's resource. Packs of hope. Almost every life group has volunteered and gone to do packs of hope where we uh, sift through and pack and inspect backpacks that are going to kids that are in need in the foster care system. Hope's promise, trips, and ministry. And and I threw on ministries uh, onto that because it's bigger than just Hope's promise uh, trips uh, that go to Vietnam and to um, different places in Africa and others. It's also uh, intervening and partnering with a ministry that is fighting the fight against abortion and equipping moms and caring for moms and caring uh, for children. I have a meeting tomorrow um, with the executive director and the um, director of adoptions with Hope's Promise. We're having lunch and the, the sole purpose is how do Sandy and I on a very personal level uh, get more involved, but what do we do as a church? How do we enter into what God is doing in our midst? That's who we are. That's why we exist. Olive Branch is getting ready to go to Africa again. Uh, Where's Ellie? Ellie wants to go, so you'll be hearing more about that. It's an incredible opportunity. Uh, And so we support uh, Gary uh, and his trips. Juarez, Mexico trips. You heard about this several weeks ago. Our ambition is to be going down three times a year. We have another scout trip coming up in April, April 23rd through the 25th. You'll be hearing more about that. We're going down with Alex to introduce Alex to all of our friends and family, both at the church, uh, the YWAM base, and Bethel Orphanage. Uh, And then we are going to put together a student trip to go down there for a week to serve and to grow and to sweat and to work hard and to see lives radically changed. Mark Shevel and I are going to be putting uh, some dates together for a men's Navy SEAL blitz trip um, to just shoot down there, work for several hours, and then shoot home. This is what we do. This is the reach. This is why we exist as a church. This is a, a fundamental DNA of, of why we're here. And so when we look at these things, when we look at belong and we look at grow and serve and reach, you see a running thread throughout all of it and that it's not about us. It's about God. It's about the love that he has for us in sending his son, Jesus Christ, to hang on a cross of no fault of his own, to take the place and the penalty and to bear the iniquities of us all. 
to stand before a trial, silent as the Bible says, like a sheep before its shears. That's Jesus. And he did it for us. Our response, our way of saying, I love you and thank you, is to say, I will follow. I will go and do and say where you call to go and do and say. And I might do it with fear. I might do it with trembling. I might do it with unbelievable nerves as Miranda uh, so beautifully unpacked for us last week, but I will go. What is it for you? What is your next step? Remember why we're here? To take the next step. We're here to do a lot of things. But the foundation of why we're here is to take the next step. What is it for you? How does this church, how does the kingdom of God, how does your relationship with Jesus begin to take steps because you think about it today and you put some things in place? That's who we are as a church. I want to give you just a, a, a few things, very practical things as we get ready to close here on what are we doing as a church to take care of all those things in part. Number one, starting next week in this room uh, at 9.15, we are having a prayer time from every Sunday moving forward. In this room, our worship team will be done practicing, warming up, making their mistakes, etc. They'll be done at 9.15. We'll shut everything down and we are going to pray. And we are going to pray for the kingdom of God. We're going to pray for the world. We're going to pray for the nation. We're going to pray for our leaders. We're going to pray for one another. We're going to pray for healing. We're going to pray uh, praises and adoration unto God because he's rightfully due to receive those things. But we are going to pray from 915 to 940. We'll keep the doors shut. We're going to ask anybody that comes in after that, you just come in quietly and join. We'll have mornings where we anoint with oil and we'll unpack and teach on that. We'll have prayer for healings. We will have communion together, but we will pray as a church. All of you are invited. All of you. Our ask is that you make at least one Sunday a month, that you carve out time to get up just a little bit early, and that you come here to pray, to come before our God and King. This is, as a church, what we believe our next step is. See, this isn't just something that we're encouraging you to think about as an individual. We are thinking as a church, what is our next step? Two very fundamental things is bring your Bibles on a Sunday and a notebook and a pen and show up to pray early. We know as a church that's what God has said is part of our next steps. We talk about it every single week. And we will continue to talk about it because we believe it is the foundation of our discipleship process, and that is life groups. Does that mean your life group is going to be life-changing every single week? No. Does that mean it's going to be uh, crazy deep uh, to, and take you to places you never dreamed of? No. But that ongoing, consistent relationship in these life groups that are diverse in their demographics, single, old, married, widow, crazy, stable. You can decide which one you are in. Food, no food in the house, here at the church, serving together in packs of hope, having tons of food. That's who we are. And so if you're interested in that, you can come and see myself and Alex and we can direct you. You can see Lisa Repenting. You can see Christine Sheridan. We will help you find community in those life groups. And you can start that today.
The, the other thing that we want to let you know on is uh, this last Tuesday, we had our commissioners meeting with the county and we received approval. Yes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. This is our team. How many of you, when you see this picture, go, I want to be one of those guys? Any of you? And how many of you go, no amount of money? Yeah. I'm somewhere in between. Um, we're building. Uh, the, commissioner, uh, the, the commissioner's uh, board approved us. You say, well, what does that mean? Uh, what that means is we were approved to have a special use, to continue to have a special use permit to hold church here, which is a good thing. And they approved us in part of that special use permit to have a building on the front of our building uh, to the east and to pave our parking lot. They, they approved in concept all of those things. You say, well, cool, what's the building gonna look like? Okay, we're not there yet. We had to get permission. It's like mother may I, right? So we got permission to move. And now we begin uh, discussions uh, with architects, uh, with stick buildings, architects, with uh, modulars, architects, with prefabs, um, civil engineers to help us with the parking lot, et cetera. But that was approved. The reason why this is so critical is because for us to move forward on our mission, we have to have a base, if you would. And it's not a building to make super nice so that we stay in here and enjoy it. It's so that we are equipped and enabled, as the, as the Bible says, uh, that the workers would be equipped uh, and that then we're able to go. And so that was approved. Here's the ask for you. We need all the elders, and if you don't know who all they are, um, we'll, we'll have their pictures up here in a few weeks, um, but you can bring it to myself or Alex. If you know civil engineers, engineers, people who do blueprints, what are they called? Architects. Sorry, I can't have all my words right, okay? Uh, architects, people who do flooring, uh, electric work, uh, people who do parking lots, especially if they're willing to do it on gratis, um, which is super nice for those of you who are not fluent like me, that's free. Um, actually, I'm not fluent, I just know gratis. It's free, but anybody who would be willing to give us a discount, we're a small church, we're trying to make an impact on the community, we're receiving those names because we want to get several bids um, to, to find out where God is kind of directing us, but things are happening. That is something God is doing to say, here's how you are to move. Here are your next steps. And then finally, and I'll end with this, we're answering the call to go. We're answering the call to go to your next door neighbor. To the person that's in a cubicle down the hallway that drives you nuts. To a family member who's far from God, but everyone else has given up on them, treats them like dirt, and you can be the voice of hope. To volunteer with Lamb's Lunch downtown, to go to one of our Serve One opportunities. To walk across this room to someone who's standing by themselves, or you see them sitting in a chair by themselves, and they're crying to go. 
to go with us down to Juarez and continue the work that, that God has done in, in his kingdom in these dear people. Something that God is doing that is far above anything that we could ever ask or imagine. To help us put together shoeboxes that will go to kids that would otherwise not open something to go with Olive Branch uh, to Africa or to Vietnam, to go with uh, Hope's Promise to do the same, to take a DTS, <laughs> to take six months and, and just pour in and go with YWAM or, or another program and, and to go to take that giant leap in faith. to be allowing God to call audibles when you're out to dinner on a date, but God says, time out, I know you're on a date, but that young lady needs you to go. Friends, this is who we are, and it all is rooted in the foundation of what Alex, in such a great way, outlined of why does the church even exist? Why do we come here and grab some coffee and find a seat and sing songs and read the Bible? And why do we hug? Why do we close our eyes and raise our hands? Why do we open an ancient book? Why do we close our eyes and pray to something that is seemingly to the world unseen? Why do we place our hope in, in faith in something that we can't tangibly grab hold onto? Why do we act weird? The Bible says the things of God, the things that we do, why we exist, they just don't make sense to the world. But when we do them, when we, when we apply what the scriptures say, and we embrace the love and the sacrifice and the mercy and the hope that Jesus offers. It changes everything. I love this church. And I love you as your pastor. And I praise God like he did last night when he woke me up and put Chris Hassel on my heart and I couldn't turn it off. No offense, Chris, but I was like, really, Lord? And he wouldn't. And so I got to partner with God in, 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 in an unknowing way with whatever's going on in Chris's. It is a privilege for God to allow me to carry your burdens. And it is even more of a privilege for God to give me the opportunity to see you take a step and a smile when you do. So that's why the church exists. That's why we're Rock Creek Church. That's why we gather. I hope you're proud of who we are. I hope you're plugged in. I, I hope there's something itching inside of you that says, man, you, you've got to think about this. What, what is your next step? And so I hope you would join me this morning in standing now. Let's make the next step our worship. So Lord, we love you. We, um, 
we just submit to you this this church that is that is just worldwide that's bigger than us we join with the church in china that's being shut down every minute of every day turned into spiritual homes and businesses because that hope is not wanted We join with the church in Venezuela that is standing amidst civil unrest and dissension among the government saying there is hope. We stand with the church in Haiti that is saying even in the midst of burning tires and thrown cocktails that explode on impact, that there is hope, that there is love, that there is a Prince of Peace. We join with the church in Juarez, once known as the most dangerous place on planet Earth, and that the church has a voice that is proclaiming love and grace and peace. We join with the churches here locally that proclaim the name of Jesus. And we join with the church that's waiting for us in eternity. Our brothers and sisters who have gone on before us. We are the church. Thank you for that gift and that privilege. And now hear our hearts as we cry out in praise and receive your word. In Christ's name we pray.